Welcome to You Should Get a License, the number one source for anyone looking to learn about or join the most underrated opportunity in business today, a career in the insurance industry. Get educated, motivated, and inspired for your journey as you learn both how and why you should get a license. Welcome back. Welcome back. Once again, this is Rod Powell. You're listening to You Should Get a License, the podcast edition, your number one source for information, education, inspiration on the most underrated opportunity in business today. That is a career in the insurance industry, the financial services industry. Really, really excited about uh, the guest that we have today because he's really doing something that's that's revolutionary and, and evolutionary, you know, in this industry, you know, as we move forward into the future and uh, someone who I met uh, recently and got a chance to talk to, but just want to give you a little bit of background because I'm really excited about the conversation. Uh, Mr. Joshua Mori, uh, he's a chairperson of Origin Insurance Group uh, based in San Mateo, California. He's also president of the Jay Mori Company. And really what Origin does is amplify the voice of diverse communities throughout America by providing resources, services, and perpetuating planning for independent agents and brokers from diverse backgrounds. So they have offices in Hawaii, California, and also Massachusetts and represent really a wide variety of personal business and specialty insurance from 40 plus national and international carriers. In addition, uh, Joshua serves on many boards that serve uh, the Japanese community. Uh, he serves on InsureTech boards. He was actually recently featured uh, in, in, in the Independent Insurance Agents and Brokers of America magazine. He was actually on the cover. So uh, he, he's, he's, he's kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. <laughs> he's also the co-founder of Asians and Insurance podcast uh, and a founding board member of the newly formed Asian American Insurance Network. And uh, just a great guy. He's a father. He's a husband. You know, he has three kids. He, he looks like he's 25. So I'm trying to figure out when he started. <laughs> but uh, just just really excited to have this conversation. Mr. Joshua Mori, welcome to You Should Get a License. How are you doing, Joshua? Wow. What an intro. I, I did all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all about who you surround yourself with, you know, and uh, and really a lot of gratitude for all the, who have came before me, all who are working with me now and the communities that we serve. So I, I'm just so grateful to be on this podcast with you. And and it's great to see your face. Absolutely. You too, man. You too. You know, we, we met and, um, you know, I was, I was really just kind of kind of impacted by our conversation. And I want to kind of I want to go into, you know, some of the details of that uh, for our audience here. But but first, just to, to start off, as I, as I mentioned, you know, with our platform, it really is about, you know, educating people about the different aspects of this industry. There's a lot of different market segments. There's a lot of different things that that people do. So if you could just share a little bit about, you know, origin, about your agency and, and really what you guys specialize in and, and what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, no, well, I mean, insurance, man, it's the, it's the greatest industry created to mankind, right? And so it's recession proof, it's pandemic proof. Uh, and, and, and really it's just, it's a service industry. So, you know, if we can be of good service to not only our clients, but our communities, uh, we'll have value. And um, so, yeah, really a kind of my story starts. And when I tell my story, I have to go way back. So late 1800s, my great grandfather immigrated from Japan. And I, I go, you'll see why I tell this story. But 
it was he was one of the first business owners in Little Tokyo. Uh, it's based in Los Angeles, very uh, Japanese American community, and he built one of the largest businesses called the Asia Company at the turn of the century. So going into the early 1900s to the 1940s. And the Asia company, you know, we owned a ton of land in the community. We were a very prosperous business. And then World War II hit. And, you know, during that time, the Japanese were seen as a threat to America. And we were put in, they call them internment camps. Our community calls them concentration camps. We were given a very short amount of time to take two bags. And we were, you know, we had to spend two years in these concentration camps throughout America. And, you know, during that time, it's, Everything that my great grandfather had built up uh, was lost. He couldn't pay the mortgages on the properties of the land. He couldn't pay any of the business expenses, and so you know, he lost everything. We lost a generation of progress during that time, and and I share that story because uh, you know my great grandfather and my family and our community hates talking about it, but it's an important part of our history because um, I can only stand here today from the community that went before me, and it was only after the war that. We came back and our whole community came back to nothing, uh, absolutely nothing. We had to rebuild everything again. And we all supported each other. We supported my grandfather and great-grandfather in trying to rebuild their business. Uh, it was tough. It was at that point that my grandfather had a great friend in insurance. And so he got into insurance and my father and my uncles followed my grandfather. And we started our firm, the Jay Mori Company in 1980 uh, in Little Tokyo, Los Angeles. And then, you know, had the opportunity to continue to grow. and. You know, it's, uh, you know, fast forward uh, almost 40 years later, um, myself and uh, some of our younger partners bought out my dad and uncles in the past three years. And, you know, I think the pandemic, what it was great for us was it gave us kind of a reflection point is, okay, we have, we have another opportunity here to rethink the way that we do business. And what would be meaningful to me, Josh, like 30 years from now, when I walk away from my career and, and it had nothing to do with, how much money I made or uh, how many people respected me. And, and as they really nailed into it, it, did I have a role in perpetuating the future of my minority community who has gotten me to this point where I can stand today and make decisions like that? And, and that's where Origin was born. Uh, the, the whole platform of Origin was remember where you come from, create a new future. And that's just, that's what we do. We care about community. We care about diversity. We care about the legacies within all of our and bigger than just Japanese communities now within all of our diverse communities in America, we have different stories, but similar stories. And so that's, you know, where where we've gone in, in origin now. Um, we're just uh, we're we're trying to use insurance as the platform to continue on the legacies of our diverse communities. Absolutely. Isn't it amazing how, you know, you, you talked about, you know, your, your grandfather you know, coming to the country, you know, starting his business, growing it, then during World War II, really losing everything, coming back, finding, you know, this industry, the insurance industry, leveraging opportunities there to reposition, you know, the success of the family. And now that has sustained uh, even over multiple generations. I, I wanted to just point out how amazing it is that and I wanted to get your take on it, how this industry can be a catalyst and a vehicle for so many other things, because now you're evolving it into the next part of, of that legacy, right? And, and even though insurance is kind of the foundation of it, it's really much, much bigger than that. Why do you, 
there's two parts to this question. The first is, why don't more people know that this industry is, is so powerful, in your opinion, from a, from a career path? The second is, why isn't it shared that this can be a vehicle for the other things that people want to do to impact the world as well? Oh man. Okay. So the, the, the first part of that question is why don't people know about this as a, you know, a viable industry to go into? Um, it's interesting because in Japan and I would say in the UK or London too, a lot of people that graduate from the best universities go into insurance. So if you go to the university of Tokyo and you get a job at Mitsui Sumitomo or Tokyo Marine or Sampo, you made it right. <laughs> and there's this, uh, and I think because in those cultures, maybe that the insurance industry is fully embraced too, as this is a great job. And I think here in America or in the West, I don't think we've done a great job at really telling the story of what the true opportunities are, or even the history or the value of insurance and the stability of the industry. Um, so, I mean, that's across the board. I think specifically for our minority or diverse communities, um, I just I feel like there hasn't been great uh, efforts put into awareness within schools, within um, at job fairs uh, to really promote insurance. And um, and I'm one of the very few that at least in our community that actually went into insurance. Um, so I think that's answer, partly an answer to your first question. Uh, and then the second question was uh, say it again. The, 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 <laughs> the second part of the question. The second question was, in, in addition to the fact that, you know, people aren't necessarily looking at it as a viable career fair. And I, and I, and I do remember you, you sharing with me that, you know, in, in Japan, like, hey, that's the, the pinnacle, right? Like, that's yeah. this is the industry that you want to be in. And here it's it's kind of kind of the opposite. But one of the things that I think is very, very important that you had mentioned is that, hey, insurance has been the foundation, even with your grandfather, insurance is the foundation. But there's still other things that you can branch off and, and build and grow into. Right. So the question was, how come that information isn't exposed as, as much or, or, or why aren't people you know, looking at this as a way, even people who are in the industry, why, they, why, aren't, mm. why isn't it, it commonplace to say, hey, yo, I, I know I have this insurance foundation and, and, and I'm doing this and I got this license, but you know, I actually could utilize this to, to go into real estate. I could utilize it to start a nonprofit, you know, to, to, to forward an initiative that I care about. Yeah. Why isn't that a part of the discussion? In a lot of ways, insurance is very transactional. And so we, you know, we bind a policy. If someone needs to add a car, we add a car into the policy. If someone needs to, you know, adjust their payroll for workers comp, then we can do that. And it, it is very transactional to an extent, but I think the beauty within insurance, we get to know so many industries because, we insure a lot of different types of people, a lot of different types of businesses. And so we get to learn a lot and make these connections. Now, you can keep those connections and those relationships as transactional, or you could also leverage those relationships and those transactions as, you know, in whatever you want it to be. What, like you said, it could be, hey, you can start a, a real estate vertical to be able to, to continue to service your client or even within financial services. You still have you have a captive audience. You can you know, if they trust you, you can offer more. Uh, I think the pivot that I took was, hey, we, we know so many people and so many businesses. Why don't we try to do something for the broader community as a whole? 
right? And we're we're trying to, you know, we're in the midst of um, creating a foundation for our company too, so that can be really the arm of origin giving. And then how do we do that in the best way? And, you know, we're thinking about these giving circles where you're not only you giving money to organizations, but you're creating these circles that are looking for ways to also actively get involved while also giving money. And so I just don't think it's really been shown as a model for us to, to be able to do all these other things when we've just been this transactional insurance agent, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I saw, um, there's a story when you were telling about uh, your grandfather, I heard a, there was a story that I read about recently um, dealing with, with JC Penney, right? Um, do you know that you know about JC Penney and how he used his life insurance policies? No, yeah. I don't. Okay. So, so when JC Penney's, when he's, he started working for, he started working for the owners, you know, of these stores and they had a few stores. They were going to open up a third store. They said, Hey, you know, if you want to run this store, you can, he ended up running the store. He did well. The other two owner, the other owners, the owners, they started having some type of conflict. He ended up buying them out. He bought the three stores and that's how he became JC Penney's, right? That's how it became JC Penney's. So in 1929, when the Great Depression hit, you know, basically the entire economy shut down and he was about to lose everything. But he had a life insurance policy with cash value that he utilized hmm. to fund his payroll through the Great Depression to keep his business open. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's creative too. Yeah. <laughs> Very creative. So, so, you know, it's like, yeah. Now, now he now was he doing was it doing. On, on a consumer side, right? So I, what, I, what I've also seen is I see nonprofit organizations that are connected with agencies. Like they'll, they'll, they'll own an agency and the agency is, is helping to fund the initiatives, you know, for the nonprofit. You know, there's education foundations that are doing this. There's, um, there, there's like, there was a, a transportation type of, foundation that I saw in DC that was doing something like this. I mean, there's so many opportunities there and, and, and I commend you for saying, Hey, look, you know, we can leverage this because it'd be great if, if, if more people thought on that scale. Right. Right. Uh, Cause there right. are so many opportunities. So you got, so you guys at, at, at Jay Mori and I know origin is kind of branching out being more philanthropic, but at Jay Mori, you guys are specializing in the property and casualty side or, like where, where are you guys spending most of your, your activity focus? Yeah, we're pretty much property and casualty based. Um, we, we do have, so one of our partners under origin does only human life benefits. So we do, do cross selling with them since we're all under one umbrella and the same thing in Hawaii too. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. yeah your audio is kind of cutting in a little bit. It is, it is, it is right now. We'll, we'll see as we continue to, to speak, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> these, these AirPods, you know, <laughs> yes, yes. My wife and I go back and forth about the Apple and Android thing, you know, all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm here in LA, it's a hundred degrees outside and my kids are screaming out in the, the house. So I have the garage closed and I'm burning up in here. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, humanizing what we do here is yeah, I'm trying to have a quiet place. It's the only quiet place. In my exactly. <laughs> Man, quiet place with kids. You got, you got young ones too. Yours are what, uh, nine, nine, seven, four. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got babies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so, okay. No, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going with the, with the audio there, but um, no, you, you, you were, you were saying as far as the, the specialization, so you got the human services 
under yeah. Oregon, the PNC, the property and casualty under uh, Jay Morey. Uh, what, what, is there anything else that you guys are typically, you know, working inside of doing any, any specialties in out in your, on your uh, neck of the woods out there in Cali? So we're going to be launching a wealth management platform uh, later this year as well. Um, there's just so many opportunities with the, the current clientele we have to build and now also provide like 401k services for businesses or wealth management services for, for our clients. So we're going to be launching that later this year. Um, and then, you know, our whole thing is anybody that joins our origin family, we want them to maintain their name, their legacy, their commitment to the community. So uh, we have Noguchi and Associates in Hawaii, which is one of the largest agencies in Hawaii under our umbrella. Our umbrella, and so that's a distinct part of us is that everyone does have a unique story and legacy, but now we can share resources at the top with Origin, from IT to insure tech, accounting, HR, and and you know whatnot. No, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Look, you know, and and you got, if I'm not mistaken, now you have the largest Asian American owned agency. Is it that's in correct country? in the country yeah in yep. the country right right i told you guys this is a big deal man this guy's big deal. <laughs> right now. So, so look okay all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna step away from from the industry for a moment i want to talk about you know just just josh the man um more so i want to talk about josh the boy okay i want to go way back nine mm-hmm. ten years old um did you know that you would be going into this industry is this where you always wanted to be what, what did you dream of being when you grew up so uh, as a boy, I wanted to be uh, a player in the MLB. And that's what I dedicated my childhood to is baseball, um, baseball and soccer, really. And so, yeah, I hadn't, I, you know, at nine years old, I was going to my dad's office cleaning the toilets. And so that was my only frame of reference for insurance. So <laughs> I, like, I want no part of this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but my dream was to be a professional baseball player. Okay. All right. Nice. So, okay. So. You're, you're a young athlete. How do you find your way into this? So you played in high school. You were playing all the way through high school, played in college as well. Yep. Yeah. Okay. How, how do you find your way in, into the business? Like, how does it, how does it grab you and, and reel you in? <laughs> so um, let's see. So after high school, I had to make a decision where I wanted to play college baseball. And so I chose a school called Wheaton College back in Chicago. Okay. And um, it, that's a whole story in of itself. But at the end of the day, it's where I was meant to be. <laughs> and <laughs> after college, went to uh, actually went to Japan for two years with a group called Athletes in Action and uh, got to uh, host a lot of international games. Um, also uh, got to play a little bit of professional baseball while I was there. And my whole dream was to come back and to play in the MLB. Now, uh, end up coming back and uh, those those I think I'm realizing I'm probably not good enough to make it there and so uh, the next step was that okay what do you want to do I want to work for MLB or I want to become a college baseball coach and um, so I went and uh, if you want to be a college baseball coach you have to have a master's so I went to school and got my master's degree and while I was trying to pay for my master's degree this was 0809 and you know I couldn't get a job anywhere to pay for grad school because, you know, the, the recession and the only job I could get was selling office supplies door to door and literally was given a map right and tight around every block, hit 130 doors a day. And if I got two sales and this is you know, 100 degrees outside right now, I'm walking around in a suit and, a, and, 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 a, and a, what looked like a phone book to try to sell office supplies. And <laughs> surprisingly, I 
I did decently well. And I told my dad after I went to grad school that, you know, they're giving me an opportunity to continue working here. And so I, I'm going to pay off grad school, uh, continue working. Um, there was a company called Quill. No Quill. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, he says, well, if you're going to, why wouldn't you do insurance? And there's, are you getting any recurring revenue from each sale that you're hustling on? And he, so he convinced me to get into insurance. The deal was I would only do it until I paid off grad school. But, you know, 15 years later, this is where I am. Right, right. So <laughs> starts as temporary, huh? You know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So let, let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that for a minute. So you, you, and maybe, you know, do you think that played into your benefit to, you know, work with that company, do that door to door, really kind of establish, you know, that type of, of regiment? Do you think that helped you when you made the transition into the business? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, the, I, Selling office supplies door to door was not easy. And so selling insurance after that was a piece of cake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it definitely did prepare me. No, I, I was, no, I, I wanted to point that out because, you know, I find that, you know, if, if you work hard in another industry, specifically in a sales industry, and you make the transition to come into this industry, your, your likelihood of success is going to be way, way more uh, likely because of the, just the, just the rhythm. Like, I, you know, that door to door, like you go on door to door, you said 130 doors a day in a hundred degree yeah. weather. Yeah. Yep. So like just establishing that rhythm, you, you get accustomed to that. You get used to it. You know, yeah. I, I remember um, when I, when I first got licensed, when I first got into the industry and I started in worksite benefits, you know, I had never, I, I was not, I was not big on driving long distances. You know, if it was two hours was far, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but over time, listen, it would be five hours, one way, do what you got to do, kind of come right back. And, and that's the day. And it, and it kind of is what it is. It's like, you get, you get conditioned into certain things and, and that, and for you, that probably happened twice because obviously as an athlete, you had to be very disciplined with your with your day to day. Then you took this sales job and you're doing that day to day. And now you just bring you just bring all of that over, you know, in, into uh, in, into the business, you know, into into your dad's agency at the time. So so it started as temporary. How did it become permanent? Yeah, I, I think once you get into it and you actually see some of the recurring revenue, uh, it's enticing. I don't have to reinvent the wheel every year. And we, you know, when I was with Quill, they would preach it's a law of numbers. If you hit 130 doors a day, you're going to get two sales. And the same thing is, hey, if you make 130 calls today, or if you make calls you're going to make, you're going to get the sale law of numbers. And really, if you're willing to work hard, you're going to get those sales. And then that reoccurring revenue year on year just continues to repeat itself. And you look back five years later, and you're saying, wow, I got a stable six figures job if I don't make one sale this year, right? right. Like or it could be sooner than that. It could be two years. Right, exactly. And then, okay, then how do we bump that 100,000 or 300,000 or whatever it's going to be? It's, it's building on top of what you've already accomplished rather than let's do a lot. Let's do a numbers game and just continue to repeat the sale. Yo, what, what you just said, what you just, I, I, I hope that, I hope somebody who is non-licensed and has never thought about getting into this industry, just heard what you just said. Because essentially what, what you just shared was 
when you get into this industry, you work for, you know, four or five years in that four or five year time period, you can establish, establish. a six figure or multi six figure income. And then at that at point, that. even if you didn't do anything else, really, you're just kind of maintaining it. You're just changing the oil, you know, on, on the vehicle you're still going to maintain that income. You're not, you don't really have to do any, any more work. So you can just continue to build. Why wouldn't everybody just want to be in this, in this business? I don't get it. They don't know about it. <laughs> they don't know about it, right? I saw, <laughs> I saw a statistic um, recently that there were only 422,000 insurance sales agents in the U.S. That's not enough. 422,000, 330 million Americans in the country. But 422,000 insurance sales agents. That, that's just, that's, that's a, that's a mind blowing statistic, right? So um, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Cause that, that's a, that's a highlight. Let's, let's kind of transition a little bit and, you know, you're running the, you, you've been running the business. So, so at what point do you go from running the business to saying, Hey, look, you know, I want to put my bid in to, to take over. Yeah, there was many times along that process where I just, we almost gave up. And I, I say we because um, the partner that I work with, Kevin Fukuyama, he's just as much in this as I am. And we were charged uh, early on, okay, we have to build these, you know, commissioned only sales. You would think that I'm the, I'm the, the, the boss's son. I get some preferential treatment. Now I, I got to work harder. And so he said, okay, commission only sales. You know, is this, when is it going to be time that we can take over? And, and I think it did take a long time. I, I think, I feel like I was ready year two or three, but I think with my dad and uncles, they were, well, you got to earn it a little bit more. And, and looking back, I, I respect that, that a lot. Um, but then if you see three years, uh, what my, nothing against my dad and uncles, what they built, but we, yep. you know, really within two years. Hold on now. Once I want to make sure I'm getting what you're saying. Yeah. Josh, I want to make sure I'm getting get what you're saying because. Um, the audio cut out a little bit, but but essentially what you said is that over the last two years, I want to make sure I got it clear. You, you correct me if, if not. Over the last, the two, last years, two years, you guys have been able to really kind of scale the business 10 times. Do you say 10 times? 10 times within two years. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, wow. That's that's it's, it's nothing like a fresh perspective, you know? <laughs> I think it, it comes down to your why. And for me, my why was my community. And then as then I, as I got down to my why, I could say, okay, then what would be your dream beyond of like what I thought, what we can do just in our Japanese community? It's, it's much, much bigger than that. And so I, I honestly, I just think that for if people can understand the why they do things, what they do and what they say and just their whole, you know, presence, it's more powerful. Um, so that, I think I found my why and that's the reason why we've grown so far. So fast. Mm, mm. is that, is that what, what, what keeps you motivated? Like just, just the community and, and those efforts, is that what keeps you motivated in the business day to day now? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's go into, let's, let's go into, you know, what origin is doing, um, what you're doing with, you know, Japan Council and, and, and the other organizations that you're affiliated with and, you know, the, the Asian, Asians, American and insurance, right? Asians, Amer Asian Americans and insurance. That's, how did those, so you, you, you've come into the industry, you, you said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm in the agency, you work your way up and, uh, you know, your dad and your uncles, they, 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 they put you through the gauntlet, make sure you're ready, right? Um, 
you get your yeah. shot, you guys grow it. You could just say, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm running my business. I'm servicing, I mean, I'm serving the community, but I'm, I'm doing well, I'm successful. I, I can ride there. Why these, why the other initiatives? What, what, was, the, what was the spark for that? If it were, I mean, really, because it drills down to the money. Like, I, if, if it were, in, if the money were enough, we could, you know, everyone's point is different. But yeah, okay, let's just walk away. We're happy. We achieved what we want to achieve. What seriously, when I walk away from this this business, the money means nothing to me. It's all a band. I can go into some of the systemic barriers that have um, not allowed our minority communities to truly thrive. And if I keep 30 years, that's what makes me feel satisfied. And so every day, my job is to be able to create a better opportunity for that next generation that comes after me. And so that's where we get into the Asians and insurance podcast. Our Asian communities don't like talking about each ourselves. So I said, some mm -hmm. of these people within insurance that are from an Asian background, they got to have their story heard. And so we just started allowing people, people to tell their stories. And Asians in our community are like, oh, I want to be like them. Or uh, I don't know them. How can I get to know them? And then it's like that voice to the Asian American Insurance Network that surprisingly, there's not a national association that connects us all. So we're like, okay, why don't it's a a lot of people that were on cast were like, why don't we come together, start a nonprofit, and let's see how much traction we get. And it has been unbelievable the support we've gotten. It, it, it's amazing because we met, you know, a few weeks ago in DC at, at uh, the Black Friday event with Ngazi and Naji. It connected us. Shout out to Ngazi. She's she's amazing. She's um, the best. She's amazing, right? But um, I was surprised that there was <laughs> not an Asian American insurance and shares network. Do you, do you find that that that's surprising when, you know, when when Asian people in the insurance industry, are they surprised to find out that this organization has not existed prior? Oh, yeah, I think everybody's shocked, but everybody is also saying looking for because um, there's Hey, Josh, all right, hold, hold on. What I'm going to do is. Yeah. All right. So 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 with the with the Asian American Insurance Network, um, I mean, it, it's it's surprising that that this organization has not existed, you know, previously. So, so, so it started with the podcast initially to tell these stories. And then uh, as you're telling the stories, you're like, Hey, you know, we need to have, you know, an organization that that's based around this. You had mentioned earlier, some of the systemic, you know, issues that, you know, minorities have faced, obviously, you know, Asians have faced it, you know, African-Americans have faced it here in this country. A Latina community has faced it. You know, now in, in, in modern times, you know, you have the LGBTQ community that's that's facing, you know, different challenges. Uh, what are some of the things that that you've seen and, and, and specifically maybe speaking to the Asian Asian American community that have been those common experiences in this industry that that you're kind of breaking the breaking the the proverbial chains on, if you will? Yeah, when my uh, coming out of World War II our community couldn't get an appointment to do business. And so we had to band together with I don't know, 10, 15 other Japanese agents to get one appointment to do business. And that, and that's how we had to start. Right. And just to think if we had the same opportunity as our counterparts to be able to have access to carrier relationships that would be willing to work with our community, you know, where would we be at today? And so there's, and so, you know, some of that stuff is still continuing on where, there's certain premium volumes from insurance carriers that 
already just for a lot of small agents in minority communities, they can't pro, like get to 500,000 in premium in within a year or within two years, right? And so they end up not being able to have these great carriers to work with. And so what that also perpetuates is like their clients don't get preferred carriers or preferred rates to be able to work with. And then there's these, you know, around zip codes, right? There's like reasons why certain insurance carriers won't write in certain zip codes, mm -hmm. which to me doesn't make any sense other than the fact that maybe there's some, some feelings towards what goes on in that community. And so there are a ton of systemic uh, barriers for entry. Uh, I use a story from, from our personal experience because the only reason why we got St. Paul back in the day is because our marketing rep happened to be from Spanish descent. And she went to bat for us. And, you know, St. Paul is now travelers, but she went to bat for us at uh, a very early time in our agency's uh, life cycle, saying that you guys have to work with these guys, these J. Moore Company. They're incredible people. They have great relationships. They do, they write in very profitable business. And so we needed somebody to advocate on, on our behalf for us to even be able to have a competitive product. So you still see that across the board today though, nationally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you really, you really, really do. And uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting that, you know, I think in, in 2020 with uh, George Floyd, you know, there was a heightened awareness, you know, of some of the disparities that, that are, that have existed, even though they've always existed. I mean, these things have always, always been, been hidden in plain sight, so to speak. What have, what have you, what have you seen, what have you seen that, you know, you've been able to really, I guess, see as a, as, as growth? What have, what have you seen that you've really been able to look at and say, hey, you know what? Okay, things maybe are headed in a, in a, in a new direction or, or, or in a better direction, or, or are you seeing, or are you seeing that at all? Yeah, I, I we definitely are seeing it. And, and I think that um, it, the encouraging part is that people are having to have this conversation around DE&I now, whether they want to have it or not, um, you know, they have to have it within ESG initiatives that are happening. And so I, you know, what, however genuine they are or they're not, I feel like it's a great starting place because we're actually having the conversation about it. Um, and, you know, that st starts at a very high level, but as it starts at a high level, it comes down. And so you're seeing more employee resource groups within our industry to support certain diverse backgrounds so that you can at least have a collective voice you can share with each other and support each other. And then also collectively give feedback to your employer, which are usually larger companies. Um, I think the exciting part for us as being minorities in this industry is there are supplier diversity goals that are coming from the White House that are could be around infrastructure that will then get, and these are billions of dollars, if not trillions of dollars, that now come down to our communities requiring a certain amount of percentage of, uh, of diverse suppliers to, to, to win the RFPs. And so I think for us now, uh, maybe it is our time. It hasn't been our time for for a long time, but <laughs> maybe it is our time now, right? Where we get special opportunities because of initiatives that are being brought down. And for us, uh, I'm, I'm incredibly excited for this for, for our company because historically we haven't been able to, you know, even be able to go after some of these RFPs for public entities or county programs or city mm -hmm. programs um, because the requirements were just way too high. So, 
So I, I think it's an incredible time to be a minority in our industry. Um, but a lot of progress still to be made. No, I love it, man. You, you know, you know what my favorite part of the DE and I initiative is my favorite part. It's the equity part, equity. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like let's, let's create opportunities for, for more equity, you know, within yes. that diverse, that diverse market. So no, no, that, that's, yeah. that's awesome, man. And um, what do you, so, so with organizations like the Asian American insurance network, you know, NIA, uh, the, the, the Latin American insurance association, what do you feel is the importance of, and, and you know what, not even those just for, for minorities, but even other professionals who are, who are inside of this space, but, but speaking to these particular initiatives, what do you feel the, the role is and the importance is of these organizations with professionals and, and not saying what the organizations have to do, why do you think professionals need to actually join and participate in these organizations so that they can be a part of, of, uh, of initiating, you know, these changes that are occurring? Yeah, one of my friends uses the the slogan of like minds, and I, I I really feel that that's powerful because a lot of times you feel like you're the only person in the room, um, and so to be able to join organizations where the uh, people think like you, you know, people have similar experiences to you, that and you're of like minds truly. Um, for one thing, I think it's it, it it's supportive, and you're able to know, okay, I'm not alone, and then. Beyond that, it's okay, then now what can we do together? And I know NIA is having their national conference this year. I think it's 25 years, but yeah. to see the, all the progress that they've, that, you know, the organization has made as a whole. Uh, I know for us within the Asian community with the Asian, we're calling it AIN, Asian American Insurance Network. We're using that as a model of how, how can we just get people in the door? You get, once you get people in the door of like minds, then you start sharing, you collaborating, and then the amplification becomes exponential. So I, I would just encourage anybody to, to join these organizations. And the fun part, Rod, is going to be to see what we as AIM with NIA and with LIA and with other diverse organizations, what can we do together now where maybe right. that collaboration hasn't happened as proactively in the past? Yeah. I mean, if we put if we put all of the percentages together, then we might almost be half of the industry. Right? <laughs> Hey, let's go. <laughs> Actually, that might be like 30% and we put them all together. I'm thinking about the statistics now. I'm thinking about the, the percentages of statistics. So yeah, man, no, no. I, listen, I, I, I agree with you 100%, you know, that, um, you know, that the organizations are going to be as powerful as the people who are joining them, supporting them, and, and really able to participate in, in driving the initiatives, holding the companies accountable, um, sharing knowledge with one another, you know, finding ways to collaborate. I think even your example, e even though it was under strange circumstances, you know, we shouldn't have to collaborate just out of necessity, you know, but when you mentioned like the fifth, you said 15 agents had to come together so that they could get one appointment. I mean, that's yeah. crazy, <laughs> you know? but, but, but you know, but it drove the collaboration, right? But it, it drove it drove the collab collaborations, like you know those 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 tense tense times. And you know, we've been, we've had some tense times in the past couple of years, and and now you know the the energy, the momentum is is definitely there, you know, for uh, right. for these organizations to keep growing. 
it sounds like, I mean, you, you being in this space, man, your life has gone in a completely different, different direction than what you initially planned, you know, high school and college, you know, you would be a professional athlete, you know, at, at this point, um, had, had it gone, you know, the way that you thought back then, but it, it seems like, you know, now you're, you know, that, Hey, not only are you gratified, but you're really living in, in your purpose, you know, in this, in this space. Um, cause if you hadn't gone in insurance, then there wouldn't be an Asian American insurance network starting. <laughs> hopefully somebody would have started it at some point. Right. But hopefully, no. right, right. But, um, <laughs> I want, I want to ask you, you know, how do you feel like your life has been different? You know, and I, and I'd say the term with the license versus before life, after license versus before license, but, you know, going into, to the industry, participating in this space versus, you know, not participating. How, how do you feel like, you know, your life has been changed or how you've been changed as a person? Uh, yeah, and you kind of said it previously is that if, if I were still in baseball, so if I could use, I was unlicensed when I was pursuing my baseball career and I, that's what I thought that I really wanted to do. Um, I think what has held true to me my whole life though is, and I tip my hat to my parents and my grandparents and those who've gone before me is there's a value system within me that is is built around, you know, community. It's built around integrity, built around honesty. Uh, my mom used to tell me uh, before she passed, you, you've been so blessed, you need to bless others. And so mm -hmm. I think this, you know, I think the underlining tones of regardless of what I did uh, were there. Um, I think prior to being licensed, maybe I could influence, you know, 25 guys on a baseball team that I was coaching, right? And, and that would have been impactful. But since getting licensed and creating these opportunities, not only for my family and our community, but uh, in our employees, but for our broader diverse communities, um, it's been more than I've ever dreamed. And, and I think what I love too, is that I love to see the people around me that are coming and joining to see them thriving and that they can have a certain lifestyle that they want to live. They can give to the nonprofits that they want to give to. Um, you know, they can, they can go, you know, on a two week cruise in the Mediterranean, if they want like this, that stuff to see other people creating a livelihood for themselves is, is, is so fulfilling that prior to being insurance, you know, like I said, I could, you know, maybe impact a couple people or a few people at a time. So, so it sounds like it's, it, it's expanded your vision. Absolutely. Over the yeah. Years. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, since, and, and in doing that, Okay, so you, you said you said something earlier. You said thirty years from now, thirty years from now, you know, you, you've left, you know, you you you've made an impact that's just beyond, you know, just offering the product or running the running the agency. What what is what is Josh Moore's le legacy thirty years from now? What what's the the bigger picture, the ultimate goal at the end of the day? I would say that for our diverse communities, that we have more opportunity. Uh, or equal opportunity, true equal opportunity within insurance. And uh, and I'm just dialing into the insurance space because that's what we do. But I think the ripple effect of if we can do it in insurance, why can't we do it in other industries? So that, you know, maybe that's 10 years from now and then I can just retire. But <laughs> uh, Rod, you and I got to talk a lot more. Like, we got to figure this out. But, Absolutely, uh, man. You know, hey, let me yeah. see. <laughs> Uh, listen, I'm 43 right now, 50. I'm trying at 50. I'm trying to really kind of 
be ready to level it out, you know? So, okay. So, so I'll be 40 in two weeks. So okay. if we can accomplish this by the time you're 50 and walk away and have already passed that baton. Well, and that's the other thing is I can only speak for my generation. And so if I can inspire somebody that's in their twenties right now, that in 10 years can take the baton and implement strategies and be supported and valued and, I would love to turn over the reins at any point. I'm building into that already. Yeah. Are you already planting the seeds for your children to uh, come into the business? Um, Are they no, cleaning the toilets? Yet. One of your sons is nine, right? Is he cleaning the toilets in the office? Uh, at home, not at the <laughs> office. Yeah. I, 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 that's one thing. I got to carry on that tradition. That, that's my fault. <laughs> oh, goodness. So. Hey, look, um, hey, I, I really appreciate, you know, you, you, you coming on and, and, and taking some time, you know, to, to share. Um, just as, as we get ready to close out, if, if there's somebody who's, who's listening and, you know, maybe they're, they're, they're thinking about getting to the space, maybe they heard, you know, maybe they went to a, they heard something, a friend, you know, maybe mentioned it to them or, you know, they listened to this conversation because they follow the platform and see some of the, the motivational posts that we have. And they say, hey, let me let me check that out. Um, what, what kind of guidance w- would you give to them if, they, if they're on the fence and kind of thinking about getting into this business? I would say where, whichever state you're in, go take the license test. It's, it takes 40 hours or 50 hours to complete. You can do it online. Go take the test. You can do a crash course and it'll be very easy to help, help you pass the test, get your license, and that'll open up doors for you to start selling insurance or servicing or really being able to see all the opportunities that are within the industry. But it's, it is such a great opportunity. The reoccurring revenue is amazing and the stability of our industry. I don't think any of us are worrying about getting laid off right now because the industry continues to be what it is. That's right. Re- recession proof, reoccurring revenue via the, those renewals. I mean, it's, it's what, what better business than, than the business of, of, of money itself, you know, dealing with absolutely uh, our financial foundations, right? And, and, and just more educated to, to not only for yourself and your family, but you're more educated to empower others, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it's going to influence the decisions you make. I mean, there's just, there's just so many benefits. Thank you for, for, for sharing that. Um, now, for those who are in California, Hawaii, Massachusetts, Right. And they say, you know, man, Josh, Moore, I want to connect with him or even, you know, some of the, the Asian community who are, who are listening to this. And, you know, they want to be a part of the A. They want to be a part of A. Right. They want to know how to get more information. How, how can they connect with you? How can they get more information on, on what you got going on? Uh, best is through LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Joshua Mori on LinkedIn. And you can find my email and all my contact information there. All right. We'll make sure that we have it you know, listed as well here uh, where you can find origin and we got to get all, all those URLs and we'll have them, have them posted <laughs> so you can click and uh, looking forward to uh, the, I be, is this going to be the first any event coming up in, in 2023 in January? Is that going to be January? We're doing a couple others throughout the U S uh, most of them are piggybacking on other conferences that are taking place, but okay. the one uh, yeah, in January is going to be, are you, hopefully you're coming out for it. I'm, I'm definitely coming out for it. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm over, I'm long overdue for a trip to LA. L- long overdue, <laughs> you know? So let, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I, I pre- appreciate the time. Thank you so much, you know, for being on and uh, for, for everyone who, who, who has listened, 
you know, to Josh and, and his story from the legacy of his family to his career in, in sports and as an athlete, to his journey in this industry, to taking over the family business, but not just taking over and coasting, but scaling it and then expanding into a, a, a phenomenal community service, a true, true community service initiative that's growing, not just in his hometown, but nationwide across the country. Please, 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 you know, make sure that you support uh, lock in if you want to get 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 more information. You know, reach out to them as well. And maybe you heard something in this conversation that inspired you, that motivated you. You know, you got some education, some knowledge that made you think to yourself, maybe you should get a license. And until the next time, take care. Thank you, Rod.